Welcome to the Travel Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, May 23rd. Uh, happy National Lucky Penny Day, everyone. Uh, big fan of pennies out there as I find them all the time when I'm traveling. I've actually got a collection of pennies in my briefcase laptop bag thing uh, that I've been accumulating over the years now. Um, my wife has dimes. So uh, what do you find out there when you are traveling? Are you collecting anything out there? Let me know. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email you can reach out to me with your thoughts on that or anything travel related. I love to hear from you folks. And if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be talking big travel news and how to avoid making travel mistakes. Before I bring on today's guests, though, a quick note to my travel advisor listeners. Register now for the Groups Family and Adventure Expo, which takes place June 1st and June 2nd from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, both days. Selling groups can provide a great way for you to substantially increase your income. Join the expo to gain knowledge and insight from industry experts. Attendees will also be eligible to win prizes. Register at www.virtualtravelevents.com. And now joining me on the show today is Mallory Jones, luxury travel advisor with You Deserve It Vacations. Welcome to the show, Mallory. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you joining. Yeah. So uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and You Deserve It uh, Vacations. Um, so we are um, an agency that's been around for just over 20 years. I have been in the in the industry for five years this year. So um, we book luxury vacations all over the world. We do destination weddings. Um, but yeah, we just love to get people out, travel and experience the world. Wonderful. Yes, we're all about that here at Travel Pulse. So uh, Mallory and I are going to discuss some of the biggest mistakes that travelers make and how to avoid them. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this happens to be your first time listening to the show, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with some of the top concerns of travelers right now. And new data came out that said high prices is impacting travelers' decisions much more than COVID-19 at this point in time here in May of 2022. And this comes out right, right around the same time as the CDC issued new guidance for anyone traveling around the United States right now, recommending that people get tested before they travel. So Mallory, what are you hearing from your clients as far as their top concerns right now? So really for my clients, the top concern is all about pricing. Um, it's kind of the same where it's less and less about COVID. I think we're just in that place where we are living with it and um, they're not so concerned about catching it or what that looks like, but it's the prices, the pricing of airfare, um, car rentals, all of those things that are just kind of driving my clients insane. Um, but because, you know, they're they're perfectly fine paying higher prices um, because we all expect things to go up in cost as years go on. But um, some of the pricing that we're seeing is just kind of astronomical. You know, they rather spend that money on an experience versus the just the process of getting to where they're going. Absolutely. Yeah, we were seeing such high prices, particularly on flights. The uh, U.S. travel agency air ticket sales, actually, they set a seven year high in April. And the uh, yeah, their travel agency air ticket sales reached 7.7 billion in April of 2022, which was a 156% year over year increase from April 2021. Obviously, you know, times were much different at this point last year, but it, it's crazy with the inflation number of stuff right now. And the fuel prices too is really impacting that's what we're seeing with a lot of these flight uh, price increase. United actually came out last week and said that they're paying $10 billion more in fuel costs than what they did in 2019. Yeah. 
Which is crazy. Yeah, they want to have an aggressive policy to curb fuel costs and the focus, saying the focus needs to be on sustainable fuel options, which I agree, which is great. And hopefully we, we get there. But right now, like, how do you deal with that? That Yeah, that's a big concern for a lot of travelers right now. Definitely, definitely a huge concern. Yeah. And then now we've got, you know, monkeypox is in the news. And that's, you <laughs> oh know, I don't think that that's, you know, something significant as COVID-19 levels and God hope it never gets to that or anything. But it is spreading and countries are already quarantining patients. And um, the World Health Organization is considering uh, travel restrictions that could be on the horizon if monkeypox gets worse. So the World Travel and Tourism Council, they've released a new report saying that they want to introduce a digital travel portal which would be designed to allow and maintain safe and stress-free stress travel, but uh, a universal portal for all to use. I mean, that's what they want. Uh, do you think that could actually happen? I think that would be good for the industry, right? I think it would be good for the industry. It's just, can everyone get on the same page? Right. And be okay with that. <laughs> exactly. Like we, that would have been really beneficial, you know, especially last year in 2021, but you know, it would have taken time to develop. So I couldn't see anything like that happening in 2020. We had a few different companies do sort of things like that, but to have one universal one where everyone around the world understands like, okay, this is what we use and this is how it's done. Like it, it's nice to think about, but like the actual, you know, reality of that happening just seems so far-fetched in my mind. Right. It seems yes. It seems very far fetched. Like I, I could not imagine that actually happening. It would be a beautiful thing, but yeah, my pessimism kicks in. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it would be great. Uh, travel advisors would absolutely love that. Just be like, hey, client, here you go. Put all your information into this one thing, and boom, bam, we're good to go. You know. Good but, to go. Anyways, but we do know that travel is surging back, though, and the unofficial kickoff of summer is Memorial Day weekend. It's coming up, fast approaching. It's crazy that we're almost in June already, but uh, it's going to be a big one as officials from AAA Travel expect 39.2 million Americans uh, say they will travel 50 miles or more from their home this Memorial Day weekend, which they view as beginning Thursday, May 26th through Monday, May 30th. So adding that Thursday in there kind of boosts the numbers a little bit, but uh, not everyone travels on the Thursday, but a lot of people do um, head out on those days. And preliminary data shows that the percentage of people traveling by air should surpass 2019 levels. Skyscanner's Intel says the cheapest departure date for international travel this Memorial Day period is Friday, May 27th, while the most inexpensive day to depart U.S. domestic trips will be Saturday, May 28th. And data from the Vacationer indicates that May 26th and May 27th are shaping up to be the busiest days for traveling by car. So Mallory, you got a lot of clients. Where where are your clients headed this Memorial Day weekend? And uh, just how crowded do you think it might be? Um, I think that it's going to be crazy. Um, just based on all the requests that we, we've been receiving. Um, but for this particular Memorial Day, I have clients traveling to New York, Puerto Rico, and Cancun. So um, I'm not so concerned about my Cancun, Puerto Rico clients because they're there for an extended period of time. Um, but my New Yorkers, they're just there essentially for the weekend, um, you know, that Memorial Day, quote unquote, weekend. And so I'm concerned because they are traveling on that Thursday and they come back on the Tuesday. And so it's just they they chose the peak days. Yeah. So the advice that I've given them basically is just pack your patience, be prepared for anything. I'm here if you need me kind of thing and um, pack some snacks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Got to stay you, fed. Yes. Because um, you might be sitting around for a while. Traffic could be heavy, like all of those things. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be prepared and stay on top of it. And to fellow advisors out there listening, I think, you know, make sure that you're 
you know, following up with a lot of these clients. I'm sure you already are, but it's always good to remind, you know, the communication is key in this industry. So it's going to be a busy, crazy weekend. So any last minute, you know, tips that you can offer to people, just reminders too, is also, is also important. Yes. Because, you know, our clients are running around hectic, they're packing, they're, they're getting ready to go like, but they're not thinking through all the things that we think through. So it is up to us to communicate as much as possible. Um, I think that we're in a point in time where over communicating is not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned New York, that's actually one of the top 10 destinations in the U.S. that is a four Memorial Day travel weekend. We've got Orlando is number one, which is no surprise there. The theme park capital of the world. They are usually run uh, the top spots uh, they did for spring break and they did last year too. So I'm not surprised that that remains uh, the key spot there. It'll be interesting to see if they can hold on, you know, maybe next year or the years after just because of uh, the way everything has shaped up over the last few years with the pandemic and everything and domestic trips, obviously a lot higher than others. So you know, it's, you know, the theme parks that are the big draw there. Other destinations in the U.S., though, we've got Seattle, Miami, Las Vegas, uh, Anaheim, New York, like you have clients there, Denver, Anchorage, Alaska, and uh, Boston and Honolulu. Hawaii is the top spot for Hawaii. And then um, overseas, Europe is making kind of a, a pushback again. Cancun, obviously, is in the top 10 as well. Vancouver, Dublin, Paris, Rome, London, Barcelona, uh, the Bahamas, also up in that mix. So, but we uh, had some research from travel insurance aggregator Squaremouth. They released info that said that Europe is beginning to re- uh, r- rival pre-pandemic levels. So are you getting a lot of Europe interest from your clients too? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is my, num- Italy is my number one destination. So um, I have clients traveling there all summer long. That's great. Yeah. Italy definitely needs the boost in that. And so all of Europe really does. And and eventually we'll get to um, Asia bouncing back and everything, which kind of brings us into some other destination news happening right now is Japan is taking a unique approach to reopening. So Japan will begin welcoming a limited number of international travelers this month as they as part of a test tourism program designed to gather information ahead of the country's full reopening, which they are expected to be uh, happening soon in June. They're going to be preparing for a phased relaxation of border measures in June that would align with the island nation, um, the island nation with the other G7 countries out there that to welcome international visitors, which is, you know, good for for Japan, good for Asia. They really need to get going on that reopening phase and and tourism stuff. But, you know, you compare that with um, I want to get your thoughts on what you think is more intriguing here with Japan's slow reopening or what's going on with Cuba and the latest there as the U.S. updated its policy to allow more travel to Cuba this doesn't mean that the full reopen of Cuba is happening uh, for Americans. It's a new policy that um, re- renew, I guess, a policy, if you will, from the Obama administration. They're kind of bringing that people to people travel back, which is a category that allows Americans to visit Cuba on organized tours to promote and exchanges, uh, educational purposes as well. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any like sort of loopholes around that as far as like what constitutes a tour. So I think there's going to have to be a lot of red tape and a lot of forms filled out and making sure you're properly doing the, the right tour that is for that. But um, the new policy also allows family members to visit their relatives back in Cuba. So no cruising yet uh, for Cuba, but uh, hopefully that will return one day. So Mallory, which one intrigues you there more? Japan's slow approach to reopening or the fact that we're inching closer to more Cuba travel opportunities? Well, I feel like the Cuba travel opportunities has been like the slowest process ever, like even (laughs) pre-pandemic. So, um, and I don't get a lot of organized groups or people who want to travel that way. So for me, um, 
I what intrigues me more is about Japan because I understand their trepidations and their slow process, but I was also reading about that um, that Disney Resort, the Toy Story Hotel opening, mm-hmm. and the kid in me is like super excited about that. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think J- Japan is more intriguing to me um, because. Because, yeah, Cuba, it's just been such a slow process. And there is so much red tape in the in getting there. Yeah, it's got to be Japan for me as well. I mean, I, I love Cuba. I went on a uh, Norwegian cruise there back in 2018, 2019, 20, no, 20, 2018. Yeah, the, the years run together pre-pandemic these days. Oh, they my sure goodness, do. right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yes, uh, and I absolutely loved it. It was a great time. It was very eye-opening as well. And I really do hope that they get cruising back to Cuba because I think that – intrigues and like that entices more people more americans at least to, to go there because it is sort of a, a stopgap kind of thing and a little you know a taste of it if you will and you can do tours you know through the cruise operators and everything but uh yeah japan i mean it it just seems like it's been forever and i'm glad that we finally have this news here but it, they really need that and the bounce back in tourism and there's so much interest around japan and there's so much more to japan than you know, a lot of people think just tokyo as well but I'm really excited for for Japan, and I really hope this goes well on their test tourism stuff. And same with, you know, the, the phased reopening process through June. And, you know, six months from now, I hope that I'm doing a show and I'm talking about, you know, Japan has its great tourism numbers or, or something like that. that just because they, they need it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure they do. And it is one of those destinations that there there are so many different areas to see. It, it's just going to be amazing once it, it opens and everyone can get back there because I know of so many people where Japan has been on their list and they're just waiting. Everyone's just waiting. Right. Yeah. And they had the Olympics that fell through because of COVID. So they didn't really get a whole lot of tourism for that either, unfortunately. But, you know, it'll bounce back in time. I'm trying to stay positive on on that front uh, because we're already seeing good good signs for tourism returning into Thailand as they did their reopening approach sooner than pretty much elsewhere in in Asia. So do you get some Asia inquiries right now or is it still pretty slow and a lot of focus being on, you know, Europe or the Caribbean? Um, No, I still get Asia inquiries. Um, I actually have a destination wedding um, that'll be happening in Bali in October. Oh, heck yeah. And so, yeah, so they, they made that decision prior to it fully being open and we, we were just hopeful. And so once that was announced and we're getting all their guests booked and everything, like people are super excited about it to get back to Southeast Asia. Amazing. Sure. Yeah. That's wow. Destination wedding. That sounds incredible. I, I want that. Right. I'm, I've already I married. Know, right? I'm going to do my vow renewals there in 10 years or something. I'm going to have to there you go. Ma- mental note, make that for my wife. Surprise her. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, that wraps up what has been trending in travel in the last week uh, that we could touch on here in our limited time. There's a lot going on, so be sure to check out all the news at TravelPulse.com. If you have any additional thoughts or comments, you can drop me an email at podcast at TravelPulse.com. Now we're going to jump into the theme of this week's episode, which is around the biggest mistakes that travelers can make. So Mallory, as an expert in the industry here, an expert advisor and traveler, what do you think is the number one mistake that travelers make today? I think that the number one mistake travelers are making is just waiting, waiting to plan, waiting to book, waiting for prices to decrease. It's that is just shooting yourself in the foot is waiting. Interesting take. Yeah, that actually, I mean, it kind of fits with what last week's episode was on, like how to save money. And like the number one tip that our advisor Ryan put on that was 
book early. So that, that coincides with that too. Like, yeah, don't, don't wait. You're going to regret it. You're going to hurt yourself in, in your wallet and your bank account a lot more by, by holding off. Exactly. Exactly. Like the, the last minute bookings are just hurting me um, because I know how much more we could do if we planned out and didn't, you know, have a trip planned for next month or in the next few weeks. It's just um, waiting is what I think is what's hurting people the most right now. And it's just, that's what I preached in our newsletters and everything like start planning. We can start now. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier in the show too. Prices are rising and you want to get out in front of that because who knows what things are going to look like, you know, come July and August, especially with the fuel situation and inflation and all that stuff. You got to jump on it now. You got to jump on it. Exactly. Like bare minimum, let's get your flight booked. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Set it down and then, you know, exactly. So especially if you see some, any sort of deal, jump on that. And then, you know, there is the 24 hour uh, rule period that if you change your mind or you change your dates or anything in that 24 hours, you're you're safe there. But yeah, definitely jump on that. Uh, flight package uh, situation now. Who knows what things are going to look like in a few months. So well, what about some other big mistakes that you think travelers are making these days? Well, the other um, two that I was thinking of were um, not hiring a travel advisor. We are here. We are ready to educate and advise and, you know, help talk through all the things that go into travel now. And just so many people are trying to do it on their own, which I'm not saying that you can't. It's just always nice to have a travel advisor who has your back and who can think through the things that you're not going to think through. Amen. I, I think it it's harder without an advisor. You certainly can do it. A lot of people do. And a lot of people mm-hmm. run into issues that we saw, you know, over the pandemic, too. You know, you don't oh, want to yes. be on hold with something, let, let an advisor do that. I mean, sorry, Mallory, I know you, you probably have dealt with a lot of crazy hold times lately, but you know, that's what you're there for, for your clients. And, it, and it's a great service that you can provide. Yes. And you know, and we, um, yes, we deal with hold times, but sometimes we know the workarounds, you know, hey. we know that if I call at this time, I'm more likely to get someone quicker than this other time and all of those things. So it's like, utilize us to work through things for you. But then the other part, the other mistake that travelers are making is opting out of travel insurance. Like at this point in time, 2022, how are you traveling without travel insurance? I just don't even understand it. <laughs> right. It is a little mind boggling that that some people would. Uh, we did have a recent survey come out from Allianz that did find that um, there is more of a push to prioritizing travel insurance, which is great for you know, the travelers out there right now. But uh, yeah, for those that aren't like, what are you doing? Right? Yeah, it's just it's just so many things. Um, And the number one thing that I hear when it comes to travel insurance, like when I offer it is, uh, well, I know that I'm going to go like I, I I know that I'm going to travel. I said that, that it's not even about that. It's about all the things that can go wrong. Or let's say in the event, like you have every intention of traveling, but God forbid some family thing happens. You need to ensure that investment that you made. Yeah. And, and some of the policies out there, like they're, they don't cost an arm and a leg. I think it all depends on your trip, right? And what, what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just a, a few, you know, maybe a few extra Starbucks trips or whatever to, to the total cost of it. And, and then in the long run, you're going to be better off in, in case something does happen and 
especially if you are working with um, an advisor, you're going to be you're going to be on, on the better side of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then it's like the little things that, you know, could that could happen, you know, a trip delay, the flight gets delayed. You need to um, or let's say get canceled and you have to rebook for the next day, but you need a, a hotel that night. And so those are the types of things that are covered and you can get reimbursed for. But without travel insurance, then that's just an, an expense of yours because the airline isn't always so quick to help. <laughs> this is true. Yes. So uh, any other mistakes you think travelers make and, and how they how they can avoid these mistakes? I mean, the way to avoid these mistakes is stop procrastinating and listen and trust your advisor. We advise for a reason and it's just take that advice <laughs> um, and don't wait don't wait. Act now. The days of deals are kind of over for now. So right, act yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> deals are hard to come by. I mean, there's still some out there. And that's why I always say work with an advisor because they're probably going to find them way faster than you are. And especially Absolutely. if something if something looks too good to be true and you see on the internet right now, it, it probably is. <laughs> you know, so Definitely. you got to be careful of that. So and, and one mistake too that, you know, we didn't touch on here that I think uh, people need to know is like, passport stuff right now like it's it they still have like it takes a while on that you need to check your stuff make sure that you have especially and the real id thing i mean then we're still we're less than 100 days away from that most states already kind of have it i know it's on my state i live in georgia i got the star on my id but make sure you have that make sure you know your expiration date on the passport Uh, mine actually expires next year so later on this year i will have to start that whole renewal process and everything just to make sure that I'm, i'm good in that sense but yeah People seem to have issues with passports a lot these times. I don't know. What do you, what do you, have you, have you had any issues with those? Actually, now that you mentioned it, I can't even believe I didn't mention that because absolutely. um, People don't, a lot of people don't realize that six month thing after, you know, um, it needs to be valid six months after your return to the United States. And, um, and they think that, they can get a passport a lot quicker than in reality it takes. So they're like, oh yeah, I travel this summer. I'm going to go get my passport next week. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) you need more time than that just to be for sure. Like, of course you can pay to expedite it, but even still it's um, one of those things. Again, plan ahead. Absolutely. And you don't need your passport to go to, Puerto Rico or Hawaii or, you know, (laughs) I like we chuckle and everything, but like that comes up a lot more than it really should. Right. Yes, it does. Or people thinking that they don't need a passport to go to Mexico. Yeah. Like, come on, people. You You, you need that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check your dates on that, too. So what about what about about packing? Do you do you talk to your clients much about like packing suitcases or carry ons or packing tips or anything? Or do you just. How does that work for for you? Um, I do, um, especially for the long haul trips. Um, kind of, we talk through what it really looks like. You're going to be on cobblestone streets and types of shoes to pack, um, dress codes, like what's kind of what's appropriate, what's not. That's essential. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, always um, for a lot of our destinations, we do provide a packing list, just suggestions. Um, so that people know, like, 
Um, you're going into the rainy season, try to have a rain jacket or the, here's a good place where you can get a small umbrella that's easy to pack. Things of that that nature. Yeah, smart tips that, that they should um, know ahead of time. And that's what another bonus feature there for the having to work with an advisor. They're going to help you out and, and guide you throughout the entire vacation process through all that. So definitely yeah. good advice on all that front. So uh, any final advice that you'd want to give to fellow travel advisors out there and dealing with clients who have made mistakes or, you know, prior to their trips or anything, any sort of advice or wisdom you'd like to share with our travel advisor listeners? Um, I would say for our fellow travel advisors, when talking to your clients, be as transparent as possible and advise and educate. Sometimes it can feel like, you know, we're all, we're just being negative and like, but honestly, we're just educating. You know, we have to let our clients know the good, the bad, the ugly of what could happen so that they are knowledgeable in making their decisions. And then when mistakes happen, advocate for your clients. Like, Either there's no point in saying I told you so, but you know, offer solutions, give resources, and try to help them as best as possible to rectify whatever mistake they've made. Being there for them and, and helping them out can also go a long way, and potentially yeah. them um, referring you to other people out there and working with the referrals network. Yes, referrals are key. <laughs> Indeed. So I, I forgot to ask when we were talking packing stuff. Are you team carry on? Are you? Uh, Pack, oh, how, how I am team carry on all the way. Yes. I will leave you in the airport waiting on your bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes, I am also team carry on. And I'm the only time that I have packed a bag that I can recall recently actually was uh, we, we flew to Hawaii and we were with a one year old and we just had so like so much of her stuff. We were like, all right, we're, we're checking a bag. Just this, that was the first like real big flight thing we had with the the, uh, the the baby at the time. She's two and a half now. So next uh, next trip that we end up doing with her, we're we're we already decided we're figuring out a way to do this whole team back to team carry on. We're not waiting for a bag or anything like that. We're not oh, messing with that. <laughs> good stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would say with a little one. Yeah. You, you need a few extra things. <laughs> for sure. For sure. We, we learned the hard way on, on a few of that stuff. It did help, you know, in, in bringing stuff back and, you know, souvenirs and all that. And I, I get that to a sense, but I'm, I'm just so ingrained into like got team carry on. I mean, I'm, I got my bags. I'm off the plane. Let me get the heck home, you know, or let me get the heck to my destination when, when I arrive. Yes, yes. Agreed. All right. This has been wonderful, Mallory. Uh, tell, our, tell our listeners where they can um, reach out to you, follow you on social media, uh, emails, anything you want to plug, go for it. Okay. So our website is YDIV.com and it's a brand new website. It's beautiful. It was my baby for like the last six months building that. So you can find us there. And then on Instagram, it is YDIVacations. Um, same thing on Facebook. And then my personal Instagram, where you can follow me and my travels, is Mallory's Moves on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mallory. I really appreciate you taking the time and jumping on the show to talk travel with me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. So that wraps up what we have for this week's show. Thank you, folks, for listening out there. Have a great week. 